Hola, como est No, I did that joke on the last one, right? Start over. Okay. I am uh, whoop, I am Levi Johnny Griffin of Word Today, and this is my beautiful wife and co-host. Porsche Griffin. Co- co-host. Co- it's my yeah, beautiful co-host. You're just messing up all over today. <laughs> so we are here with an amazing pastor, a phenomenal preacher, and actually one of my dearest buddies and friends in ministry and in real life, Pastor Umberto Renovato, sir. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you so much for the privilege to be here with you guys. Well, we're excited to have you here, man. I've got a chance. I feel like this is a Marvel movie. And then at the <laughs> end, they have like the, the, the setup for the next movie. And I kind of feel like that when I watch, when I watch you and I talk to you, like I got a chance to see the movie. And now I'm like sneaking behind the credits of the next movie, <laughs> right? Because you've done so much. Yeah. You've ministered in so many places. You've had. You've affected so many lives. You've had teams here and there and different yeah. cities. And like, you've done a lot. Well, I appreciate and, that. <laughs> and, and then you still, you know, you know, flip houses and have entrepreneur and I have yeah. a radio station and all of this other stuff that yeah. you do. For one, when do you sleep? <laughs> well, I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that don't know, it is 1025 at night. So, you know, the hug. work for Jesus. Putting <laughs> in work for Jesus. That's it. Yeah. So literally, this guy doesn't sleep. Um, and I just want to thank you again because uh, he came out to do the show. And it's literally 1025. We probably won't stop to 11. He still has to go home. Wife, kids at home. Three-month-old so, baby. Yeah. Cute little baby. Um you know, so I'm just I'm thankful when people do yeah. stuff yeah. like this, yeah. <clears throat> they go <clears throat> above and beyond. It yeah. sh- it shows that ministry isn't from the pulpit; it's from the heart. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I, I love you, sir. I always have, oh, man. and I just really appreciate you because yes. you are Thank who you. you are for real. Yeah. Um, we've all known people that were not the way they were <laughs> outside <laughs> of the outside oh, of the yeah. church, and you are who you are for real. You are so genuine. Your wife is Thank so you. genuine. Um, love you guys. So, man, we normally give you a chance, everyone a chance to just start with their bio. We yeah. just like who you are, what you're doing. At the end, we'll let you shout out addresses and times, yeah. but just your bio, man. What, you know, ministry, what got you in the ministry, what, yeah. what all you've done, you know, give yeah. us your, your vlog. Podcast bio. <laughs> bio, yeah. Well, definitely. You know, my name once again is Humberto Renovato. Uh, man, I come from a small town of Uvalde, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of my parents uh, became pastors when I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were assistant pastors of a of a church, and then at the age of three, when I was three years old, my parents took on the calling to plant a church. In this little small town of Uvalde, Texas, mm-hmm. at that time, Uvalde had maybe 14,000 people in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I grew up in the church, man. I'm a pastor's kid, you know, so I PK. know PK, man, all the way. And so, uh, you know, uh, out of a family of five, you know, I'm the only boy. I'm the middle child. And uh, so I grew up in this, you know, I can honestly say that uh, growing up in this type of home, pastor's house you know you always have the the good and the bad of ministry you know yeah. you got a lot of people pulling on your parents and when you want your parents to be at home mm-hmm. you know they can't because they're serving others right mm-hmm. uh and by the grace of god um 
you know, I was in sports throughout, you know, all the way from junior high to high school and uh, band and a lot of extracurricular activities, you know, mm-hmm. powerlifting, all that stuff. But I can just remember, you know, growing up and and being a pastor's kid and wanting my dad there, wanting my mom at my events. And they couldn't make it because they were too busy with with church people, you know, pulling mm-hmm. on them. And and uh, so that was kind of my life in essence, you know, at the age of uh, my, my last year of high school, which was my senior year of high school. Um, as, as I was graduating, um, I was able to finally truly, uh, bring one of my friends to Christ, Come on, you know, and, uh, the the very last year graduation day, um, although I lived, you know, a Christian lifestyle, you know, a lot of people, my whole team would call me the preacher. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was always the guy praying for our football team. I was always the guy, you know, that, that praying for all my buddies. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but truly and genuinely bringing one of my friends to Christ. Um, I did. Yeah, it was yeah, epic for me, you know, so yeah, it really, um, long story short, cause that's a whole testimony all by itself, but long story short, uh, my friend, um, and his, and his girlfriend at the time and ends up getting a, his girlfriend pregnant. He was confused, didn't know what to do, wanted to leave her, wanted to run pretty much. And, uh, mm-hmm. I was there at that moment, ministered to both of them. Uh, after I ministered, she had the baby. And three months later, they became our youth pastors of the church. Wow. Um, wow. They served as youth pastors and just uh, phenomenal leaders, you know, were youth pastors for about two and a half years until until they had a transition to another city because of his job. And then I took over the youth at that time. Mm-hmm. But um, once again, growing up in this small town, you know, I went to Texas State University. I studied health and fitness management. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad and my mom were are both doctor's degrees. Uh, my dad's an engineer and my mom went, got her doctor's degree in, in, in theology. And so it was just really integrated into us that ministry wasn't going to be everything mm-hmm. that we needed to go to school. You know, we needed to study. We needed to have a, uh, a, a career, right? Not just focus on the church, but, um, so go to Texas state, you know, and, and I was there for five years. I was president of a ministry there. I led that there, you know, countless of men to Christ and women, you know, just part of that ministry. I invested five years of my life into that, which many of my friends that got saved in college are now pastors and leaders of churches and serving as, as co-pastors and church planters and just, it's crazy. So, um, you know, at the age of 18, my dad um, kind of re- go- now going back a little bit. But at the age of 18, my dad, I had just graduated and my dad says, in two weeks, you're going to preach. And I said, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want I don't want to say what I actually said, but I was like, God, you know, I said, Dad, heck no, like, I'm not going to do this. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not ready for that yet. And so dad said, well, you better get ready because you don't have a choice. You know? <laughs> so he said, prepare yourself for two weeks. So I fasted, I prayed, I got in my Bible, you know, and just started studying and, and, um, and my dad was right. And so two weeks later, it was the first Sunday of July and dad's like, you're, you're preaching this Sunday. And so I did, um, I read literally off my notes. Um, <laughs> I never took my eye off my notes, but, uh, I had a translator, so it helped. Mm. It was a bilingual message. So anyway, God used me. And I remember specifically this day because as soon as I was done with the preaching, I prayed and then dad looks at me and he says, prophesy. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, mm. how do, how do I prophesy? He's like, well, you've been hearing God for the last two weeks. Now this is a conversation. Imagine like I'm pulling back from the pulpit. He's like, go prophesy. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, <laughs> he's like, you need to prophesy, prophesy over God's people. And so 
man, something came on me in the moment and I started just prophesying to different people, direct words. I mean, it just, it was, it was just amazing. I heard God's voice and, and I could really sense how God was speaking through me. And that, in that moment, I can genuinely say that, that dad unlocked in me the prophetic gifting that I didn't even know I carried. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I took that gifting to school at Texas State. And I literally trained every friend of mine how to prophesy, like how to how to hear from God, how to hear God's voice and how to release the word of the Lord. And, um, wow. you know, invested my life in, 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 in my friends who are literally my friends now who are those pastors and leaders and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, um, you know, so pretty much all my life, you know, really growing up in the church, um, a lot of time invested into school and ministry. Obviously, I love to do ministry a lot more than going to school, but uh, <laughs> but seeing all of these friends just change atheists, uh, agnostics, uh, uh, Muslims, you know, people that the Hindus that came from different religious backgrounds yeah. just receive either through word of knowledge, through miracles, through the supernatural power of God. Everyone converted to Jesus because of, of some supernatural encounter that they had with God. And wow. uh, that then led me to meet my wife, my last year of school yeah, that, you were um, connected to, that so I was connected yeah. to. Yeah. And she actually came to a round table mm -hmm. uh, at Chick-fil-A mm -hmm. at Texas State University. She came up to our table and I had heard about her, but she came up and and I was actually training my friends how to prophesy. So we were kind of going around the table and I was like, just the first thing you hear, just release it. Yes, yes. She ends up stepping up. And so I have one of my friends. I was like, you prophesy to her. Not knowing that it was going to be my future wife, I was just mm -hmm. prophesied to her, and uh, then she started prophesying, and I was like, "Yo, this chick is pretty good, <laughs> you know, pretty cool." <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, that long story short, and I ended up marrying that girl and um, moved back to Valdi, and I ran a gym for three years and served my dad, and so God, uh, two years ago, 2016 put a calling in us to move to San Antonio, mm -hmm. you know? And so after all that experience move here, we plant the Spanish church and helped out with that. And then the Lord told us again to transition. And now, you know, after, after two years being here in San Antonio, he says, you're going to plant revive church here in San Antonio, which we're looking forward to in the, in the month of September of yeah. this year. And I got a three month old baby and yeah. it's just life all good. Right life now. is good right now, man. Sweet. <laughs> well, well, man, how do I even unpack that? Um, <laughs> there's so many things I want to touch on. Uh, I want to touch on your time serving others, preparing for your time to launch. Because mm -hmm. it can be sometimes difficult to be a David. Yeah. You know, you're told when you're like 13 or however young, <laughs> you're going to be a king. You're going to be a king. Year yeah. after year after year, you're still out there with the sheep, you know, yep. Yep. Um, cleaning up sheep dung, you know, yeah. like, what am I supposed to be king? You know, yeah. <laughs> um, so how you tempered that waiting process. Yeah. I want to dive into you, the church plant process. Okay. Uh, because as someone who's tried and failed, mm. um, I know firsthand it is a difficult process. Yes. yes getting the right people together. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I had people because right. I've been ministering at my job and all of these right. people from work were coming with me. So right. I didn't take anybody from anywhere. I <laughs> yeah. bring people from, right. from my job. And it wasn't a handful of people, like three, four families mm -hmm. maybe um, from work that we had this Bible study there and just finding location. And we, where we messed up was uh, we got a place that needed to be renovated. Mm -hmm. Great deal. Yeah. 
but every wall we tore open was a nightmare. So after two years, like, up, oh, this isn't it. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about that church plant process. Great. Uh, I want to talk about eventually getting the TSAP. Yeah. See kind of where the history of that right. is going. Right. Um, and then I want to talk about some of your fire. Mm. Where you get the fire yeah. from to be up at 11 o'clock at night doing a vlog. <laughs> um, so we want to talk about all that stuff. So we will yeah. talk about all of that stuff when we get back uh, with word today, words from our leaders. All right. So we are back here uh, with Pastor Umberto, uh on word today. And he has just exploded some um, deep history and knowing him personally, seeing where he is now, like I say, with that Marvel movie, I get to kind of see what the next movie is going to be like. I feel like I'm getting to see what the next chapter is going to be like now. Um, one thing that you said, which was so funny, and I just kind of was like shook my head. I remember the first time I ever heard from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was the Lord or not. Mm-hmm. I was I moved out, just moved out. Like I want to say that year uh, I was in a three bedroom house at a recording studio in the back. I still got a little studio. So I always love music. And literally the Lord said, prepare yourself. You're going to preach next mm. Sunday. And and I was like, I never heard from the Lord. At least I never thought I had right. ever heard mm-hmm. from the Lord. Um, so I'm like, it's some just crazy. No, I never had a urge, never had a desire to preach, never had an urge to pe- mm. preach. I came from the hood. I was going to be a gangster rapper. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, but my family went to church side, went to church, right? Yeah. And uh, when I moved, raised a child up way, she, way yeah. he or she should go. And even though I'd moved out, yeah. you know, I was still young. I was maybe 18, mm-hmm. um, maybe 19. So I was still coming to church. Right. And because uh, I've been grew up, whatever. So the Lord said, hey, prepare. You're going to preach next Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving up to the church house. And I'll never forget, my stepdad had a white pickup truck, and he was our pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walk up, uh, and he's walking you know, back by the truck. Pastor gets there. He's walking by the truck. And he says, prepare yourself. Next Sunday, you're going to preach. Wow. And I almost fell, literally fell to my knees. Yeah. Um, and I stood by that truck probably the first 20 minutes of service. Yeah. Because it was like, this is, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It was so unbelievable. Mm. Um, it's kind of like someone saying, Hey man, tomorrow you're going to go to the moon yeah. and a space shuttle <laughs> and you go, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then like, you get a call, you know, later that day saying, Hey, hey. NASA is calling, you know, <laughs> you just like, Oh, this yeah. is crazy. So to, to have a word like, an, I mean, an undeniable mm-hmm. word from the Lord, um, mm-hmm. was one of those moments that, you know, I'm sure like yourself, you just never yeah. forget that moment. Right. Right. Uh, and just kind of like when your dad leans over to you and say, Hey, you need to prophesy with yeah. people. What's that? You know what I'm yeah. like, like, and then Lord, the Lord does, the Holy Spirit just gives you the supernatural right. ability that unlocks the gift right. that God created you exactly to have, right? Mm-hmm. He knew you before using your mother's womb. So he right. created you to have this big gift. And in that moment, in your first sermon, uh, you were a teenager at this time. Yeah. 18. 18. Mm-hmm. I was 18. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Um, so let's, let's shift gears. Let's talk about church planning. Okay. Um, tell me about the process. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I got some good advice uh, from Pastor Jason. He wanted me to go to and shout out to Pastor Jason at Christian World. Yeah. He, he, he had a lot of good knowledge and he wanted me to, I can't, can't remember at the time now, but he said, and we're actually having Bishop on, I think in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, 
Bishop couldn't make it tonight and pastor as a dear friend to me. He's like, man, I got it. <laughs> um, so just so honored that you could make it, especially on short notice. But Pastor Jason told me um, he wanted to hook me up with this organization that you go to and they teach you how to like successfully mm-hmm. church plant. At the time, I was still working a full-time job and the leave for like yeah. several weeks wasn't off whatever the time period was, wasn't right. feasible at the time. Right. Um, how are you going about your church planning? Yeah. Well, definitely. Um, let's let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, one of the things about church planting in general is you have to love the process. Yeah. And I think that that's for me, it's loving the process. I love starting things from nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I love I love yeah, my wife. Awesome. My wife will yeah. tell you um, I love going into cities where it doesn't exist and let's make it happen. Um, and that's why God put me in Uvalde. You know, we, I can honestly say that what God was about to do through me had never been done, you know. And so um, I've I've come to understand that the process is inevitable. Nobody can skip the process. Mm-hmm. And if you can't handle the process, then you're not man- meant for it. You know, mm-hmm. and so first things first is embrace the process. You can't say this is this isn't just going to be a short term thing. This is yeah. for the long haul, yeah. you know, and I have to understand that that everything that begins small doesn't mean that it's not going to be eventually big at one day, you know, um, because not everything that big is healthy, but everything that is healthy will eventually become big. I could say it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned to embrace the process and with church planting specifically, um, after receiving a specific assignment for San Antonio, the Lord knows I did not want to be here. The Lord knows my wife knows that I did not want to stay in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first thing I told her. I was like, if God moves us anywhere, anywhere but San Antonio, <laughs> that was that was the honest truth. Um, and um, and I don't know. I can't truly say why. I just I just knew that San Antonio. I, I just felt I, I should say I felt that San Antonio wasn't the city for me. You know, I was like, I grew up in Uvalde. San Antonio's too close. God, take me to Dallas. Take me to Houston. Take me somewhere else but San Antonio. And, um, and what's the drive from here to San Antonio? Uh, from to, from from San Antonio to Uvalde is about an hour and a half drive. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you're in a small town. You have to go to the mall, San Antonio. You got to go shopping, San Antonio. You got to mm-hmm. go anywhere, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You know, as I've been coming to San Antonio since I was a kid, it's it's our backyard, you know. So to us, it's not even a big drive. It was just you're driving to San Antonio. So um, all that to say is that, you know, after two years of living in San Antonio, I, I started getting a prophetic um, inside, just a prophetic assignment, really, uh, for the people of San Antonio, I felt like San Antonio is is missing something yes. um, and it hasn't been unlocked yet. Yeah. Um, it's here. It exists, yes. but it's going to take work to undig it. And the digging process is what people don't want to do. Mm-hmm. People don't like mm-hmm. to dig dirt. People yeah, don't like to work. People don't like to be part of a demolition team. But when you are prophetic and you have a Jeremiah anointing, yeah. you're going to, you come to root out, to pluck out, to destroy, but to plant and to edify. Mm-hmm. Prophetic people do that. Mm-hmm. Not anyone. So when, when, for me, I can come into a place and be like, there's so much disorder, but I love it. Yeah. Because you learn to love the process from the demolition to the building. That's the work. That's where many say, man, I'm out. Because when you start and when you finish, who you started with won't be who you finish with. Yep. And you have to be okay with that. 
you have to make a choice to say, even though you say you're with me right now, I'm okay the day that you say I got to go. Because you're there with me either on the demolition side or on the building side. Mm -hmm. But sooner or later, you're going to get off the bus and I got to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. So the church planting process is being okay and saying, hey, we're going to church plant. And in order to plant, I got to dig. And so the process for me is I don't need a building. I don't want to go look for where I'm going to rent from or what building I'm going to use. My initial assignment is in order for me to build the church, I have to build people. So my focus is not the building. My focus is the people. If I can build the team, then the team will build the church, you know, or the team will find the building. But um, I think a lot of mistakes that new church planters do is is saying, okay, we got a group of, you know, X amount. I got a group of 15, group of 20, you know, all of us start small, group of 30. And our first initial thing is, okay, where are we meeting? And the first thing we want to go do is find a building, which is our instinct because we view that as momentum or we view that as growth. And the truth of the matter is, I said, look, if we're 30, we can still meet at my house. If we're 30, we'll find us, we'll find a room, we'll find something where we can meet. Mm. But I need these 30 to turn into 60 by next week. Yeah. You know? Mm. And as soon as we start busting out of that room, then we'll find a bigger space. So my initial assignment for the next nine months, and I mean, I've been on this journey, is to build the core team of our church, which Mm -hmm. my goal personally is to grow to 300 people before I even plant a church. And I believe that because... I believe I can grow the core. Um, if I can grow the core and I can have a healthy core or a healthy mm. team, mm. then we'll have a healthy church. Mm. You know, the hardest part about building is that you get people from all sorts of backgrounds. Oh, we used to do church this way. We're used to do, doing church this way. And man, you got to just <clears throat> undig. You got to, you got to tell people, look, if we're going to plant this thing, the first thing you got to do is let your stuff go because mm. that's not how we're going to do things. And, um, and in the process, you just, again, you just got to be okay with people saying man i'm with you and other people are gonna say this is not for me and you got to understand like your assignment isn't for everyone but it is for a few and you got to find those Mm -hmm. you know so um you know for the next nine months we're just going to be uh i say nine months because we started in january but uh for the next nine months all we're doing is just building the core building the core so we host these things called revive nights once a month we only have one church service a month um nothing else um, and then for the rest of the month, our team, you know, will meet and I'll literally start um, imparting my DNA, the vision that God's given us, uh, the culture of our church, which is that revival culture uh, that that God's really assigned me to build. And uh, and through that for the next nine months, that's all we're doing. All we're doing is just building people, building people, mm-hmm. building people. And eventually, if you build the people the right way, the people will become the church and build the church you know Mm -hmm. and so if i teach people if i multiply myself in one then that one multiplies himself in others and it just it's just a ripple effect man and the church can really grow and you're growing a healthy church you know which is before i ever get the building if you ask me right now where's your building i'm going to tell you i don't know Mm -hmm. because the building is not my focus the focus is the people Mm-hmm. If I can focus on the people and just build the people right, the building has to come yeah. because the finances are there. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about finances because we got the people and we have the finances. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as a church planter, you want to set budget. You want to set all these things, which I have our goals, you know, of how of what I desire to see. 
from here to September. And God willing, we'll hit those goals and and plant Revive Church strong. So, I mean, the assignment that God told me was Bert, launch big and launch strong, mm-hmm. you know. So so that's that's powerful in itself. And it's um, I started a Christian record label. Mm. And one thing that my wife and I have found is, like you said, getting people that are in love with Jesus and dedicated yeah. is one of the difficult things. But luckily, I've done the process before, and I'm like, y'all love walking into chaos. Pretty yeah. much every job I've ever had has been <laughs> chaos, and and I've walked in and been able to organize yeah. the chaos. Mm. Um, let's talk about prophecy because your yeah. ministry is the foundation of it, the gifting of it, yeah. prophecy. Right? Yeah. So, how do you teach someone to prophesy? I've wanted to ask that, and yeah. I think I know the answer. Um, but you see that biblical model of God talks to some random person mm-hmm. and now that person has a word from God. So now they're a right. prophet. Um, how do you get someone from, you know, Joe Blow to now he's, you know, Mark Filkey. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mark, yeah. Or prophetic flow. Yeah. Um, I think as a, as a leader, um, I don't just want to say a pastor, but as a leader, um, you gotta you gotta figure out your unique difference and i think that's that's what i've discovered my unique difference from others is how i interpret things i interpret things like i'm always interpreting my moments and i and i tell this to everyone that that meets me i said interpret your moment what time is it what day is it is it sunny is it rainy is it shiny is it snowy is it i interpret everything i can even interpret the moment that i'm in right now why i'm here like what what is god trying to do with me right now mm. and uh that's just a gifting that 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 god revealed to me and that's just my unique difference that's just who I am, you know, for instance, the way I interpret moments is like, okay, what month are we in? We're in March. Okay, cool. Um, March, March, March. Okay. It's the third month of what? So third month trimester is the first trimester of something that's about to give birth. So I'm like, cool. I'm in a moment. I'm, I'm in something right now that it's not there yet, but the tummy is about to show in just a few more months. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I interpret my moments. Um, so the prophetic for me, it's, it's being able to see a person, Joe Blow, whoever it may be, discern the gifts that are within them that they may not even know they carry and undig those things. If you remember John chapter four, Jesus is meeting with the, with a, with a prostitute at the mm-hmm. well, you know, and they're having a conversation and Jesus is, is, is telling this woman, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water. Because Jesus says, Hey, give me a drink. She's like, Oh, you and I, we don't mix. Like, we don't, that's not how we roll. And Jesus is like, Well, if you knew who you were talking to, if you had perception of who I was, if you could understand this moment, if you could understand this moment, yeah. then you, you would be asking me for water. Mm-hmm. But Jesus is continuing this conversation. And obviously, he says, Look, you've had five husbands. And in the moment that Jesus unveils mysteries or the prophetic, is reveals her past or her process, then her perception is unlocked. And she says, I perceive that you're a prophet. Isn't it funny that in just a few minutes with Jesus, her prophetic was just unlocked like this. Why? Because as they were having a conversation, as they were talking, Jesus was digging. Mm -hmm. He was undigging all the dirt and contamination that people, others, men, false coverings Mm -hmm. you've had five husbands i can if i prophetically interpret that you've had five coverings and none of them have been able to birth in you what's always been in there Mm -hmm. and the sixth one that you're with right now 
he's just your he's just your side guy he's your you know in spanish we call him sanchos you know you're he's just the one that you sleep with but that's it he doesn't produce life in you and so while they're having this conversation jesus is undigging the well that was dry in her and that's what i call the the dirt the the demonic debris that that the enemy wants to throw on people to to cover up or to stop up their their well that they carry inside so the moment jesus undigs that well he turns a prostitute into a prophet in a moment and she goes back to her city and she tells the whole city whom she has just encountered and in one day the all the men of that city because the men knew her right she was the prostitute of the city and in one day every man was saved you know and so i believe that when you're prophetic um the first thing you got to do is undig the dirt that's on people's gifts mm -hmm. if you're willing to go through that process and say joe blow right now is not who i i know you're gonna be it's like when jesus looks at peter he says right now you're simon you're 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 a, you're a king in spanish we call it caña movida por el viento which means like you're you're just you're moved by the wind you sway with the wind mm -hmm. but you shall be peter so from Simon to shall be Peter, there's a process. Yeah. And in that process was walking on water. In that process was, are you willing to get out of the boat? In that process was, are you willing to lay down your nets? In that process, or cast your nets to the other In that process from Simon to Peter, there was a process until Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter answers, said, you are the Christ. And then at that moment, Jesus says, now you're Peter. I can build upon this because now you have re you have now received the revelation of who I am. The, the process, the, the process, process, exactly. Yeah. And um, you know, so again, just just the process of unlocking people's gifts or unlocking people's prophetic destiny. Um, Paul says, you know, I desire that all may prophesy, but I believe that we should all prophesy. If you're a believer, you should prophesy. You know, if you're if you're if you're a Christian or you call yourself a Christian we all should prophesy to some extent now not because you prophesy means you're a prophet or have the function according to ephesians 4 right you have the function of a prophet or the office of a prophet but i do believe that every believer in and of themselves can prophesy mm -hmm. i just also believe that the church hasn't known how to fully equip and train believers to prophesy mm -hmm. right so um Man, but prophecy is is getting God's word and decreeing it into somebody's life. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously the prophetic word has to go in tune with God's word. So taking the word, the the written word of God, and turn it into the spoken word of God can unlock people's destiny. Mm -hmm. So I like when you mentioned the the lady with the, the five husbands. Jesus says, "Hey, and the, the the Sancho you with the right husband, now, is yeah, not, your not your husband." Yeah. And uh, it, you know, I like to see that as uh, she was looking for Jesus in the in men. Mm. The first husband was her husband. Yeah. But she didn't get Jesus. You're right. So she just kept moving on. Mm -hmm. And once she got Jesus, like, he, I'll give you the well. Yeah. yeah. You know, and sometimes we look for something in people that only Jesus can provide. Correct. Um, I want to, when we get back, I want you to tell us about TSAP. Sure. Because I'm excited. I'm excited. Um so when we get back, we're going to hear about TSAP. Um, they shall all prophesy. Yes. I'm excited about it. You should go to it. The man of God already knows if you're going to go to it because he's a prophet. <laughs> so when we, yeah. when we come back, we're going to hear, we'll be here with Pastor 
uh, Bird, and we're going to find out a little bit more about TSAP. All right, Sweet. we are back with Word Today, Word from our leaders. Uh, I am Levi Johnny Griffin, and it's my beautiful co-host and wife. Porsche Griffin. Porsche Griffin. Um, you want to show him the ring real quick? I know, I know. I'm petty. But hey, come on. I'm not petty. I'm proud Let's of go. this beautiful to have snagged up. I bribed her to marry me, y'all. I was just no, like, hey, not. marry me. You can be my co-host. Um, no, I, well, that's a whole nother story. It's a whole nother interview for no, another time. It did trick me, but we're, that's a whole nother conversation. It, it wasn't. It, it was game. Um, <laughs> so we're here with <laughs> so we're here with Pastor uh, Umberto Renovato. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal. And I want you to tell me about TSAP because just following, going back to my Marvel example, <laughs> we're, we're, we're at the part where we're about to see the next movie, right? right? We've we got right. the sneak preview of what God has unlocked in you for the next season of your mm -hmm. life. And it is huge. Yeah. Um, and I, and I truly believe, uh, that TSAP is going to be a launching pad. Yes. Um, and, and not to prophesy, but I truly believe TSAP is going to be a launching pad and that TSAP in itself, I see little T saps yeah. all over the nation. Yeah. And um prophesy. And Come that on, there <laughs> and on. that there will be um and and but I don't see it as you doing every T sap. Mm. Yeah. I see yeah. you have having um there's a rapper that says, I don't want to make assistance, I want to yeah. make disciples. Yes. Yeah. Right. I don't see you um, just having 50 T saps. I right. see you birthing people Come like on. you did in college. Yes. Where you put something beautiful inside of yeah. them where they were strong enough to go out and be preachers right. and be, you know, leaders mm. and youth pastors on their own. So yeah. God has given you a discipling spirit. Yeah. So you don't have to always be in the limelight. You don't have to make yeah. a bunch of assistants that need you right. to survive. You're able to make strong disciples that are able to go out there yeah. and evangelize. Yeah. Um, okay. So I see that in your life and I see all of these T saps mm. everywhere. Tell us, for all the people that don't know, I'm excited about TSAP. <laughs> yeah. Um, for all of the yeah, people I'm that waiting. don't know, <laughs> yeah. tell them about TSAP. Um, and yeah. we, we see how it was birthed in college. And before that, it was yeah. birthed in when you went to preach for the first yeah. time. But tell them what it is now uh, and the beauty that happens at TSAP. Yeah, definitely. Well, TSAP is short for They Shall All Prophesy. Um, goes back to 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, I was youth pastoring for my dad um, when that young couple that I spoke about earlier mm -hmm. uh, became our youth pastor. They had a transition, and uh, you know it was a small it was a small youth group. You know we're not from a big city, so um, you know my we had about anywhere from six to ten young people. Mm -hmm. And uh, dad says, "Hey, take over the young people." And this was in 2010. Mm -hmm. So late 2010. Uh, beginning of 2011, mm -hmm. uh, I take over our youth. Now, mind you, I'm still in college. Mm -hmm. So every Wednesday night, I would drive two hours to Uvalde. Mm. I would preach to these six young people and then drive all the way back <laughs> just to just to come and speak to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, but at this time, again, God had ignited that fire that we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, uh, I was just on fire. I just wanted to see a move of God. Yeah. So I said, God, give me a strategy. He did. He's like, teach these young people how to pray early in the morning. And so, man, I took these six young people. I taught them how to pray at 5 a.m. So I would drive Tuesday late night, going back to the to the no sleeps, <laughs> uh, 
Tuesday late night, I would drive. I would get to Uvalde about 12 o'clock at night. I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I would make my round, go pick up all the young people, go to church. At 5 a.m., we would pray from 5 to 6.30. I would take them to go grab some tacos. Then I would take them to school at 7. And at school, at the high school, we would go and we would pray at the high school. At the high school, we pray. Six turned into 10, turned into 12, turned into 30, turned into 40, turned into 50, turned into almost you know, 70 students meeting at 7 a.m. for prayer at the high school. Oh, wow. Um, so what I would do is that between 7, 7.15, right around 7.15, right before 7.30, I would just gather those young people just to pray. And then I would just invite them to church. And within three months, within 90 days, that group went from six to over 300 young people. Oh. I pastored, oh, wow. I pastored 300 young people and it was just a beautiful, chaotic scenery, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. all these young people that are just getting to know Jesus uh, come from all sorts of background. But in 2011, I was I was we literally had revival in the high school. Mm. I had the principal call me like, what are you doing to these young people? Like everybody's talking about Dunamis generation, which is the generation of power. And uh and uh, so I just and all I would do is teach him how to pray and then teach him how to prophesy, teach him how to pray, teach him how to prophesy. So I had these little 14, 15 year old kids prophesying to their teachers, prophesying to the principal, prophesying oh, to their friends, wow. prophesying. And I mean, it was just a it was, it was just an amazing move of God. And um, and so that went on 2011, 2012 and in 2013 or late 2012, the Lord tells me train these young people how to prophesy like now take it to the masses i've trained you now train others and so discipleship discipleship man and um in 2013 uh, i had a really good friend of mine yvonne walker who um who i called and i said bro you know i want you to come and do a prophetic conference with me um and the lord gave me a name and i was like it's kind of weird it's called they shall all prophesy and he's like bro i love it <laughs> and i said it's kind of weird like who's gonna, who's gonna come to they shall all prophesy you know it has a weird just it was just different you know mm -hmm. so long story short 2013 march i did my first conference uh about 150 young people showed up and we had a blast man it was just amazing um the lord says do it again i said great next year he's like no do it again in october this was 2013 and I did it again in October. We had over 200 young people show up. He's like, do it again. When? In March. <laughs> did it again in March. And uh, and slowly, man, 2013, 2014, I was doing two conferences every year. And it just started. The word just started getting out of this move of God in this little small town of Uvalde. Mm -hmm. And uh, by 2015, we were breaking out the scenes of, of my dad's church with over 400 people trying to come in. For they shall all prophesy conference. Um, in twenty in twenty sixteen, or the last last October of twenty fifteen, the Lord tells me, "Hey, take this conference to another place." I ran out the local civic center, which sat about six hundred or so, and we packed out the civic center in twenty sixteen. Um, twenty seventeen comes around, and when I go to reserve the civic center, they said, "You can't. That date's already booked. We have a quinceanera that day. You got to go somewhere else." And I was discouraged. I was like, God, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know where else to go. I mean, we're, we're literally using up every venue of this little small town and I don't know where to bring people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, one of my students was like, pastor, we got the high school. Why don't you use the high school auditorium? 
And I said, man, how are we going to jump from 600 to 1500 in one, in one year in the span of months, you know? And so I went to the high school. God gave me favor to make that long story short. God, God gave us favor and they opened up the high school to us. They said, whatever you need, this thing is yours. And we hosted TSEP conference uh, at the high school for the first time in 2017. And by the grace of God, man, I mean, we had over 800 people show up. Mm. And 20, wow. 2018, wow. you know, which was last year, uh, within both days, we, we hit over the thousand mark, you know, within both days. And 2019 now, I mean, just in registrations alone, we're over 1,200 registrations to be there this weekend. Wow. From where they come from, I can't even tell you, man. I mean, <laughs> all over Texas, all the way from Dallas and Greenville and Lubbock, Amarillo, all the way down south to San Benito, Harlingen, you know, as far west as El Paso. Um, even some from New Mexico are coming. Uh, we got people from Virginia, from Orlando, Florida, from other states uh, that are coming in for this little small city that only has now 18,000 people, you know. You increased the population like <laughs> just a in 19th. Yeah, exactly. Just by just the, by, just uh, by the conference, conference we have booked wow. every hotel. Your um, economy. It, it really is, it really <laughs> is. I mean, we've literally, we have three hotels. All of them are, are uh, one of them is just completely packed. The other one is like already at 95%. The last one is at <laughs> 80%. And they're just like, man, what's going and everybody's asking what's going on this weekend in the city. And um, and we just it was it was literally a move of God. Um, it was a fire that was ignited in me. And I'm simply seeing that fire multiplied in others. And it's literally God's hand. That's all I can say. It's God's hand on on they shall all prophesy conference even though we call it conference i really believe that it's a move of god mm. um a move of god is continuous and a move of god continuously grows mm. you know uh we've measured the fruit every year we measured how many people are there and and uh and how many people it's blessing we've noticed that the people that come continuously come back yeah continuously come back true I mean, it's the true yeah. test you go exactly. eat at a restaurant once but if once, you don't like it you don't you're like it you're back. not going back yeah. you know and um and so it's really gone from a, it started as a student movement. And now it's just, I mean, no matter who you are, if you're a pastor, leader, church planner, you know, an apostle, prophet, no matter who you are, you're going to be blessed by TSAP conference, like no matter what. And, uh, so we have apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and students and leaders and whoever they are, they're all coming in this weekend mm -hmm. to be trained and equipped in the prophetic, in the prophetic move of God, you know? Um, so. Yeah, I mean, that's the grace of God, really, mm. on that thing. Well, before we go, we could not end the show if you didn't tell everybody <laughs> where to go, mm -hmm. how to get involved, um, and who they need to, wh where to register, who they need to call. Tell right. everyone how they can be at TSEP. Yeah, so uh, TSEP conference uh, this weekend, March 15 and 16. Um, you can go to TSAP conference, tsapconference.com. You can find us all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at TSAP conference. Um, you could also look up the school of revival, which is an extension that was birthed out of TSAP, mm -hmm. which is literally our training school. Uh, so you can find that at the school of revival.org. Um, also the school of revival Instagram, the school of revival Facebook. 
And um, yeah, man, talking about School of Revival, uh, last year we birthed an extension of out of out of They Shall All Prophesy. Uh, our our assignment was to build revival culture in different cities. And by the grace of God, this School of Revival's exploded. So uh, it started in Texas here in San Antonio. We did our first school. Um, then we took it to Atlanta and that one was just phenomenal. We did Atlanta right after Atlanta, we went to Chicago. Uh, after Chicago, we went to Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale to Los Angeles. From Los Angeles, we'll be in St. Louis right after TSEP. And then uh, the big one, which is like just like, oh, my gosh, we're going to the UK in oh, May wow. and we will be doing the School of Revival UK. And um, so God's just been opening up regions. People are hungry and it's just an amazing move of God. Mm, phenomenal. So well, one quick question. How much does the School of Revival cost? And it's they go at the cities at the different cities that. Yeah. So uh, the School of Revival is completely free, just wow. as much as TSEP conference is completely free. Now we wrote it, it's a school. So we wrote a textbook called the School of Revival Manual, where a lot of these elements, like what I was talking about earlier with the woman at the well, uh, how to how to create a digging anointing, how to undig people's people and, and how to create revival uh culture in a church uh we wrote a manual called the school of revival me and my good friend brian meadows um and so the school itself they can they can register for free it's completely free but if they want the manual and and all the all the benefits the mp3s the t-shirt that's that says we are the revival all these things it's a, it's at a at a low registration cost of 75 dollars, and they get the whole packet the whole package mm -hmm. And uh, so when they get to the school, it's it's a training, you know, so you're going there to learn and, and you're, you're a student. And so uh, if you go to the school of revival dot uh, org, you can find the upcoming city that we'll be in. So we still have UK. Then after that, we'll be back in Atlanta for our mega school of revival. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then we'll be bringing it back to Texas, probably to Dallas. And then from from there, we're just going to I think we got North Carolina lined up Woo! and uh, and Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hometown, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then just, I mean, you know, whether you follow those or follow me on social media, you know, we mm. anything, I mean, we're 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 moving fast, man. we're moving fast. And where's the church located? So, Revive Church, yes, will be uh planted in 2019 of September 2019. Uh, again, you can find us at Revive Church on everything, revivechurch.com essay.com revive church instagram revive church san antonio facebook and, um, and once the location is found they'll yeah. be able to come to yeah yeah so yeah so yeah. we we have uh location every month mm -hmm. so you can come out to a revive night once a month every first sunday of the month right. and um and find us there praise god so we're going to do some very unorthodox i'm gonna let my wife close she's and then i'm gonna let you end with a prophecy for all of the viewers yeah there. Of course. So if you want to go ahead and close us, what what do they always need to do? <laughs> you can like, love, share, comment. We love your comments and questions. Absolutely, Please we do. send them. Also, something we're starting to do. If you're a senior pastor that would love to be on this please, please reach out to us on Word Today. Absolutely. We would love to have you. And also, if you know senior pastors, if you have a pastor that you would love to be here, get us with them. Get us connected to them. Let yeah. them know about us or yeah. shoot us a, a, tech, a message on um, Facebook and we'll get in touch with him as much as we can. So, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Or just tell them to reach out to us yeah. or 
Um, oh, and you can subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Yes. 99.9% yes. of our audience is on Facebook. But for the two and a half of you that's on YouTube, <laughs> yes, hey man, make sure you subscribe and links. hit the little um, yes. notification button. All righty. So I see our light blinking over here saying that our battery is low. Lord God, <laughs> let that battery hold sustain. in the name yes. of Jesus. Sustain. Yes. yes. All right. So, Pastor. Yeah. Well, let's just pray. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for every yes. listener. Thank we thank you, God, for each and every person, Lord, that tuned in yes. and just watched, Lord. And, yes. and thank you, Father, for the assignments, Lord, that you have yes. for each and yes. every one yes. of us. God, I bless even the show, God, and every person, yes. Lord, that thank hears. You. That you bless every hearer, Lord, every yes. every viewer. And God, we just release a, a double anointing, Lord, upon yes. each and every person, God, that yes. each and every hindrance, every blockage, anything, Lord, that was trying to stop and hinder yes. their assignment, Lord, on this earth. Father, be removed uh, today in yes. Jesus' name. In Jesus and Father, we just yes. release a special anointing, a special grace that those, Lord, that had lost their fire may be reignited now yes. in Jesus' yes. name, that the passion uh, that they had for the loss, that the passion, Lord, that the hunger, the evangelistic anointing, God, the pastoral anointing, the apostolic yes. anointing, the prophetic anointing, even the teacher anointing, God, may be unlocked in people, Lord, and every person, Lord, that is even viewing now, that may say, Pastor, like, I feel like I'm just stuck, like, I feel like we're not going anywhere, we've lost our momentum. Father, reignite their passion, reignite their fire, Lord, and cause a movement, Lord, in their region, in their territory, in their churches, and God, everything that you have assigned, even for this for this nation, God, may be released through each and every pastor and leader, Lord, that is watching us tonight. So, God, we just release a special grace, a special anointing upon each and every person in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you so much. Thank Pastor. you, man. Thank you, bro. And uh, thank you. Love you guys for watching. We'll see yes. you next time.